0: Welcome to another episode of PropCast, a property podcast that aims to educate, inspire and engage property investors. We are your hosts, Dami Shinobola and Bimbola Osaige. Hey, Bimbola.
1: Hi, good morning, Dami. How are you doing?
0: I am well, thank you. And yourself?
1: I'm cool. I'm cool. As cool as I can get. Lockdown cool.
0: (laughs) And uh, we're here for another episode of PropCast.
1: Yeah.
0: So what are we doing today, talking about today?
1: Well, so the other day we did this thing on Clubhouse. We had this um, session on Clubhouse, which I suppose I felt deserved a full podcast episode about pensions and property, save the whole works. And um, it was such a good session. Uh, again we're back to talking about clubhouse guys if you're listening in for the first time and you're thinking what are they talking about we are on clubhouse every thursday so do come and chat with us Um, but yeah so one of the sessions we had previously we had um, a, a SaaS expert he was telling us about how we can invest our pension into property and i thought wow that's amazing so yeah we are going to be doing that this morning
0: Excellent. So we have a guest. We have a guest speaker today. Guest speaker. Guest uh, podcaster. <laughs> and uh, he goes by the name of Paul Barry. He is a SaaS expert and will explain more what a SaaS is. But effectively, um, he's our guest uh, today. So good. Hey, hey, Paul. Welcome to Propcast. Hey, hey tell me. hey Ben. How are we doing?
1: Fine. Thanks for coming. Thanks for joining us today.
2: That's all right. I'm delighted to do that. Let's let's see what we can get into.
0: <laughs> Excellent. So, Paul, can you tell us a little bit about yourself before we, we crack into the questions?
2: Yeah, sure, no problem. So, um, I, I am a, a SaaS pensions consultant. That's what I do full-time. I, I help all of my clients understand more about SaaS and educate clients. My background has been always actually been in financial services and property one way or another. Um, I've been uh, involved in financial services I uh, property for over 30 years, um, and have chosen to specialise in SaaS because there's clearly a link between uh, property and and the use of pensions and business ownership, and we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm fully immersed in the world of of SaaS pension, uh, and most, not all, but most of my clients
0: are property related in one way or another. So
2: yeah, it's a great subject. Let's yeah, uh, let's get into the the nitty gritty of it.
0: Okay, so Paul, um, some of our listeners might be wondering what what does this SAS thing mean? Is it is it an army thing? You know, is it <laughs> is it special forces? <laughs> what is what is, uh, what is a SAS?
2: Yeah, it's a great question, and it is a um, most people haven't heard of it before, I guess, which is probably one of the uh, the key points. So, SAS uh, is an abbreviation of um, Small Self Administered Scheme, so S S A S. And essentially what it means is it's a, a pension scheme designed for SME small business owners and specifically for UK business owners. Um, most people uh, misspell, actually, that abbreviation, but I'm not going to see what they do with it because <laughs> it's I see it every day. Um, but yeah, so it's <laughs> a, 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 a pension scheme designed for UK business owners. That's, that's really what it is in principle. Um, and it recognises that or, or I should say when it was designed and created over 40 years ago in the late 70s, it recognises and still does that people who run a business and own a business have got more capacity and scope to understand investment and risk and strategies and planning uh, and, and generally engaging in processes that can benefit them and how to control that. And and what that means is that a SaaS pension allows us as UK business owners to do more with it and to be more flexible in the use of it uh, and to apply the, the investment of that money in, in more creative uh, processes and ways essentially that's what it's all about.
0: Excellent so so if I'm understanding you correctly Paul it's So, because typically, you know, what we're told um, when we start working, when we get into corporate life is that you put away a certain percentage of your salary into your pension every month. And when you're 55, you get tax-free lump sum. And then when you retire, you can cash it in for an annuity. uh, And at which point you get a monthly payment in your pension. So how is this different to... This this kind of traditional way that we've been conditioned to believe is the only way you can utilize a pension.
2: Yeah, so a good way to put it actually, Because a lot of people, I think, are probably conditionalized. Is a good way to, to term it because that's you know, how we are educated, how we how we think about pensions. And pensions are, are typically seen as not a really boring subject, and to be fair, they they are generally, uh, and we don't have much engagement with them because they just seem like a. A cost, you know, when you're maybe starting out working, the last thing you want to do is put in anything from your probably meagre income at that point into something that feels like it's 50 years away. Um, and then when you get to the end of it, there's maybe not that much money in it anyway, and therefore it isn't really relevant at that other end, potentially. And so this is very different. A lot of people who who come to use SAS will have probably done that bit that you're talking about before in one way or another, or have been potentially in employment or had a pension um, elsewhere. That's, you don't have to have that, I should say, to have a SaaS, but that, that's quite commonly the case that people will have old pensions that they bring to it. Um, but SAS is different because, it, as I say, it's specifically designed for business owners, and it recognises that in running a business, there will be periods within which that, that you're doing better than, than normal, or worse than normal, or just doing normally. And it allows the, the more flexible um, contribution of value from uh, your business in, into a pension scheme so primarily and importantly there is no contract here that says you need to put in 100 pounds a month or, or any amount of money it's not it's not a product like that it's not an agreement between you and an investment provider that says you must contribute a certain amount of money per month or whatever and um, because fundamentally with a SaaS the structure and the process belong to you it is yours and no one else will determine what and how you do with that um so it's it's a kind of much much more um grown up isn't the right <laughs> expression i want to use but that kind of what it is it, it gives you much more flexibility and control to, to use to invest to contribute into it um so it's not it's not a conditionalized process like we have probably all been used to in the past however when you get to the other end of it when you get to the point that you might want to start taking money out of it that process is no different in that you you will still receive if you want to tax free cash from it you can still receive an income that you manage flexibly at that other end so it's, there's no negative at that part of the process but it's just a very very different way of getting money into a pension structure and using it within that structure.
1: Well, I, I like the fact that, that you know that um, flexibility I think it's yeah. cool, I think that's that that's very attractive because with the as an employee, when we pay pension or when we contribute to our pension, one we don't have control of how much goes in there, secondly, it's automatic like it just comes out you know, and like I, I like the fact that as a business other times so certain months that you've done really well in your business and other months where you haven't done so well as an employee. Whether you've got a big bill card waiting for you, it just goes in automatically. So, I, I personally like the sound of this um, pension for business owners. And um, I think that's one of the benefits of owning a business as well. So, yeah, it, it's sounding good so far, Paul.
0: <laughs> good. On the right track. So, Paul, just to, I guess, for, for our listeners as well. So, this is a pension that gives you 100% control of how your funds are invested why is that crucial um or why is that a crucial differentiator between a pension that you would uh, you know that you would have with someone like Aviva or Scottish Widows to having something that you fully control and manage and are responsible for growing over the lifetime of or over your lifetime I guess yeah
2: it's, it's a really good point Danny so I, th- I think that the, the The principal parts there that that are worth understanding are that if you have control, when you have control with the value of your pension within a SaaS, it's the flexibility of that that's key. And that's that's a nice expression, but in reality, what does that mean? So if you have value inside of your SaaS, you have the ability to actually invest or engage that money back into your business. So if, for example, you mentioned a couple of providers here, but if, if you have a traditional pension with an investment provider and you mentioned some, then you, you can use that value within a SAS pension and then engage the value from that or part of it into your own business. So essentially, rather than investing it into someone else's third-party passive process, you can actually control that value from your pension into your business to help grow that business, whatever that may be. And whilst we're clearly focused on, on property here, that, that is not an, a requirement that you have to have a property business. So it could be any business that you have and use a SaaS and use that money back into your business. But clearly with property, where capital is a, a key driver of the success of that business. Then the ability to access more capital from your own pension could be attractive for some people to have that control. It's not for everybody, um, and, and that will come to that later on, but it's you where know, it is appropriate for you and you have the ability to, to do that, having that access to extra capital that's already in your pension or you built up in the pension that you can then use in your business is is a, is a powerful tool for some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one of the key differences is that you then have the full control of that money and you can actually engage it, that's a key point, we I'll, I'll be, I'll be mentioned it, into your own business as an investment. Uh, and that—that's a step change for a lot of people because they, they have traditionally been used to that past process that you mentioned, Damien, that the money is given to someone else, and that's not wrong, I should say. That's just just how it's been.
0: Um, but the change there to have that control is uh, is quite empowering for a lot of people. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I hope uh, our listeners are understanding and starting to get a sense of the art of the possible here. So, something that always bugs me a little bit, um, Paul, is that I feel like financial advisors don't like sasses, and they all they they seem to always want to guide clients down, you know, the the SIP route. Why? Why yeah. is that? Why don't they like it? And then, what's the Maybe difference between a SIP and a SAS? Because I'm sure a lot of our listeners would have heard of a SIP um, yeah. and are wondering what the actual difference is.
2: Yeah, so um, that is a, a, a point I hear off that, so that a lot of financial advisors um, are, um, I suppose the, the way they, they are structured and the way that they are remunerated uh, is really determined by um, uh, an expression that they would call funds under management. So if, if they are managing money for you as a client then they're generally get, getting paid on that basis uh, i.e a small percentage of that value each year on a recurring basis and that's how they build their income in their business and that's how they build the capital value within that business as well so and that's been the case for you know for a very, very long time that that model isn't wrong it's just what the model is so advisors sometimes believe that if a client is looking at a saAS then that automatically means that they will have no place in that process to manage money on behalf of that client and um, now that may not have to be the case and there are you know, a, a sas can still invest money in a traditional investment fund you know, normal route there's, there's not the fact it's got more choice to do that than, than most other pensions have anyway and um, but it, advisors tend to see sas as a threat to them because they're actually or you as the clients you say are taking control of the money and not and not them now I understand that to a degree, but it's not actually the way it has to be. And there's, there's different processes they can be put in there. But also, and because SAS is a, a specialism, all advisors are not potentially comfortable with, with discussing it because they're not used to it. Uh, and it, they maybe have studied it you know, a number of years ago, um, but it wasn't a key part of uh, uh, their business to, to engage in it. And, and that's principally because a SAS is known as or classified as an occupational pension scheme, which is obviously designed for businesses and business owners. And not that many financial advisors actually engage with business owners in the context of their business. They might engage with them on a personal level, but not in the business. So the advisor may not be qualified or indeed authorised or regulated to do that in some cases. So it's not, SAS is not a consumer product. I think that's the point. Um, And advisors therefore don't necessarily engage with it or or actually understand it to some degree. Um, So there can be quite a bit of uh, of, of missing opportunities there and, and, and clients not, not getting information that they might have done. However, that's what we're here to do is to help people understand it. So <laughs> not, all is not lost. So <laughs> the, difference, the difference between a SIP and a SAS is, and it's like, that's also a really good point, point. and some people think they are similar, but they're really, really not similar at all. There's one or two things that can be done that are like each other, but not the same. So a SIP is a personal pension for an individual. Um, so it's a self-invested personal pension just for you. And really, the, the driver of SIP over the years has been slightly more flexibility in terms of how you can choose which investments you may have within it. But that's typically within an existing structure. So it might be that, say, a Viva, as you mentioned before, might offer you a wide choice of investment funds and you can choose you know, what you wish or a portfolio of what you wish within their structure. Again, perfectly normal that's that's what goes on in that world and that's absolutely fine. Um, A SIP does have the scope potentially to buy commercial property although it can be quite expensive in that process because the the regulator doesn't like that essentially and they're nervous of it and that really is is what a SIP is is about these days and the difference between SIP and SAS are more stark so a, a SAS is a group structure for up to 11 people to be collectively engaged into one pension structure. That that doesn't, of course, mean that we share each other's pension value, it just means that we have um, collaborated together within a a registered pension structure. Um, And that then has more scope within it to do an awful lot more things. And and just briefly, those things are, as I mentioned earlier on, loaning money to your own business, potentially loaning money to third-party businesses engaging in the purchase of some business assets, um, owning commercial property and land in a much more efficient way within the SaaS, and a whole bunch of other things. But principally, all those things, some of those things the SIP cannot do. Um, So SIP is a retail product. SaaS is a a product specifically for business owners, and that is the fundamental difference, and the differences therefore kind of stem from, uh, from that very particular structural difference.
1: So so for the SIP, kind of business, is it again, is SIP for business owners as well?
2: Uh, it's not particularly, but no. So a, a SIP can be used by a business owner, but there will be no engagement or, or little engagement between the SIP and the business. Yeah. Um, the two aren't connected in that sense. Whereas with a SaaS, uh, your business is classified or kind of um, named, if you know, like, as the sponsor of that SaaS so, if you have a business, that generally speaking, the SAS will be named something similar to your business. It doesn't have to be, but it's just it's just typical the way it is, um, because the business will be connected to it in the context that the business can make significant contributions of profit from the the, the company into the pension scheme, and the pension scheme can thereafter or any, at any point lend money from the pension scheme to the business. So the two are linked. They're not contractually engaged, uh, but the link is they kind of recognise each other as as known quantities, if you like. And that is not the case with a
0: Okay, so let's get into... Um, uh, I've got a couple of directions that I want to go into, but for the sake of our listeners, let's get into how can we use a SAS, which is a, a pension vehicle, in our property business. So if we want to use it to buy property, purchase property, how can how can the SAS help us to do that? Are you able to touch on some kind of just key points around that?
2: Yeah, sure. So uh, bearing in mind that there are, let's um, say two, but if you look at this in the context of residential property and commercial property, uh, SAS can assist uh, in the process of either or both. Um, now, taking the commercial one first because it's, it's, it's much more straightforward in that context because ASAS has the ability to directly purchase and own commercial property and land. And that's very very straightforward. So if you had £100,000 of value inside a SaaS, you're able to use that £100,000 if you want to to buy commercial property or indeed land. And in fact, the SaaS also has the capacity to borrow money from an external source up to half of its original value, so another £50,000 in this case, to help assist buy commercial property. So in that context, that's very straightforward. It's kind of you know plain vanilla stuff, nothing too complicated than that. Um, and the SAS has the scope to do that. And the reason that that would be attractive to someone or anyone is that that asset then becomes essentially a tax-free asset because it's owned by a pension structure. And further than that, because the pension structure is by its nature and design a trust structure, which separates the um, the use and the ownership of the asset, then the asset becomes protected from external risks like trading risks or litigation or liquidation perhaps inside of your own business. But if you own that asset in in a business that was failing or at risk of litigation, then the asset could be at risk. If it's owned in a pension structure like a SaaS, then it isn't because it actually doesn't belong to you or your business. It belongs to your pension scheme, which is a separate entity. Uh, and that so that's quite simple and quite logical. But it's a powerful tool for those who are engaging in commercial property purchase uh, or indeed um already have a commercial, pro- commercial property because of processes you can use to have the, the SAS take over the ownership of that. We'll talk about that another point. In the context of residential property, um, I, I hear this every day of the week, so I'll, just, I'll clarify this just to work for very clear. What we're not talking about here is the SAS being the direct owner of a residential property because it cannot do that, not directly in this context. But what the SAS can do is facilitate the funding of of resi properties so if again using that same analogy if you have a hundred thousand pounds in a sas sas rules allow that sas to lend up to 50 percent of its value to your business and thereafter your business can engage that capital in any commercial way that it wants and that could be in this context the purchase of or the contribution of that money towards the purchase of an asset like a property. And, and I see that happening more and more and people use that commonly because that's a, an excellent route to access additional capital. So that essentially has allowed you to use money from inside your pension scheme to your business for the business then to acquire an asset that you could never have owned inside your pension.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Does that all make sense so far?
0: Yeah, it does, Paul. So to bring it into um, some form of context as well. So let's say, you know, someone who's been working, let's say, 15, 10, 15 years, who has moved companies and has got pensions sitting there, like just a mass dust as it does. Um, <laughs> and uh, what you're saying is that if they were able to transfer Let's say the value, just picking the value out of thin air. Let's say the the cumulative value of all the pensions they've put together so far is like maybe a hundred thousand. They can move that hundred thousand pounds into a SAS pension, and thereby engage it and use it to a buy a commercial property into the pension or loan. Fifty percent of that hundred thousand pounds to their business in order to further boost their business activities, by yeah. purchasing an asset and so on and so forth. Yeah,
2: yeah, that, that's that's exactly it. And 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 a,
0: a point also
2: just to remind us of of that within that process is that all of those choices or any of those choices are entirely yours. So nobody will be prescribing to you how you need to do that or what property to buy or even to do any of those processes because you might not you might not do that at this point in time, but the control of it and the flexibility of it is entirely your decision. Uh, and, and that is exactly what we're um, talking about, Damme. So, But and also to understand in that process that there are, uh, there, there are professionals within the SAS structure, whilst you own the SAS and it is yours to, to use as you wish, there are professionals to guide you there on the use of it, as in to make sure that you're compliant with HMRC rules and, and that the pension scheme is properly documented and reported um, and, and kept compliant, um, and you then have the use of the money. So it's, it's like having a – if you if using the context of property, ha- having a SaaS is like acquiring a, an asset like a buy-to-let and engaging thereafter with a letting agent to look after it for you. So w- we can provide the agency service of looking after the SaaS, setting it up, acquiring it, and then setting up and running it for you. But the decisions on, on how you use that asset or, or what asset you buy are entirely yours, and so that that's a key point there. So you have full control, but you do have support in, in the structure of it. Not not so much from us in the investment decision process at all, actually, because that's yours. Um, but there is there is support within the process.
0: Yeah, and if um, I guess if someone has if someone has a venture that they want to go into, do you also kind of um, do an assessment, a risk assessment, to say? This is fine. This is not going to fall foul of like HMRC rules and and, and things like that. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And and that that is important because it, you know sometimes people generally don't know, you know what the rules are and how that fits into it. So our and the model of, of the colleagues, my, as in my pension trustees that I work with, um the, their remit is to do exactly that, is to verify that anything that you are proposing and uh, utilising the money for is compliant within the rules. Um what what they won't say is and so if you if you wanted to see loan money to your own business and you're going to buy you know, a particular asset at an amount of money, they won't say to you if the property is a good investment or, you know, or if the yield is correct or it's a good area or you know, what condition it's in, but it'll be the principle of the process that you're undertaking. Um, and as long as that's compliant, then the trustees can assist you in that process. And it will be compliant because they'll tell you what the rules are and because they have an invested interest in making sure you follow the rules because that is all that they do. Um, and it keeps them right keeps you right
0: excellent excellent so paul um bimbala is someone who loves joint ventures she's i call her the jv queen Um, (laughs) so so how can how can assess in a sense become a, a, a vehicle for doing more joint ventures, because you have things like, you know, you mentioned how, okay, I can take 50% of the value of my SaaS, for example, and loan (laughs) it to my business and use it for, for, you know, to, to acquire other assets, but then there's still 50% remaining in the Mm -hmm. SaaS itself. So what can I do with that 50% that's remaining? Does it just sit there and do nothing? (laughs)
2: <laughs> um, yeah, common misunderstanding so, it, 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 so let's make the assumption that you've already used 50% as you say into your own business and again that's a common thing that people will, will do that um, the SAS also has the capacity or, or, or the design structure to allow you to lend actually up to 100% if you wanted to uh, of that pension value to third party businesses so in essence um, you know, by nature that would be you know, somewhere else so it's a venture with a third party and um, and that is a great tool to allow your pension to potentially attract really positive rates of return because you essentially then become you know, like an angel funder or a, not like a, almost like a bridging financier where you're able to help people fund a project or or an asset purchase or whatever it may be inside of their business to, and you can be the facilitator of the funding for that. So, Again, that that process will be handled by the the SAS trustees and the documentation and all the the, the legalities around that will be handled for you. But the selection of who you loan the money to or or how you do that is, again, also entirely down to you. You might never do that, of course, that might not appeal to some people. Um, Some people love doing that because it's a very, very empowering process and it can be very rewarding for all of us involved in it. So that's one part of that process. The other thing, or one of the other things that uh, you could do with a SAS in terms of a joint venture is the SAS could acquire part of an asset. So you could, for example, be looking at a commercial property purchase or a land purchase, and the SAS can be a part owner of that, and um, which might be the bit that enables a project to uh, to actually happen. You could you know, be the enabling part of that process. Um, so you might contribute the capital to buy the asset, for example, and then there's a JV under, alongside that that then develops it, and because as we all know, having the capital to acquire an asset is one thing. Development funding is usually much more straightforward, but if you don't have the asset, you can't get the development funding, typically, and um, so that that can be another enabling tool that, that your SaaS can be the, the, owner or part owner of an asset and then potentially joint venture or another company to actually then build that asset out into something you know to create value from it. Um, so a whole bunch of ways. I should also say, guys, in this process, there are obviously technicalities and rules and processes that we need to be aware of. But for this higher level discussion, let's assume the the high level chat is what we're referring to, because there are, there will be details. And the devil is always in the details. Not that it's particularly complicated or you know dangerous, and like but it's just that there'll be people listening to this who have particular circumstances that we can't cover them on here. Um, but just you know, I'm happy to do it and I want to one with anyone. Um, but this is a high level uh, chat, really, for the sake of um, of the podcast.
1: So, can you tell me what what is the benefits of doing this JV on the SaaS, other than obviously pulling? Is is that another? Uh, what are the benefits really of doing it as a JV, other than just pulling resources together? Are there any other benefits?
2: Yeah. So, if if you so if your SAS is loan money to a third party, now that's going to be someone. That you know, but doesn't mean that you you can't be connected to them formally. So it won't be a family member or a co-director, or a co-shareholder, so someone that you maybe know in business that you, you know respect and trust, and you know want to engage more with. So you, your pension scheme can have the the value and the benefit of loaning money to their business. And generally speaking that will attract a higher or a more attractive rate of return than perhaps you might have charged yourself for that money. So mm-hmm. I quite often see those um, ventures loaning money at, say, between 8 and maybe 12%. So that's what's an attractive rate of return for your pension scheme. And in that process, of course, don't forget that that return will be paid back to your pension scheme, your SAS, free of all tax. So it's a net, not a gross return, net of no tax. Um, so that that's obviously a very attractive way of of empowering a process but also to attract a high value back to your pension Uh, but it's also possible that later on in that process you may then decide to joint venture with that business directly uh, at a later point when the loan is drawn and again that can become quite convoluted in explaining that process but there are ways and means that you can become engaged in that process after a loan is drawn. there are some real technicalities around that, so I won't go into that on, on this call. But just put an asterisk against it that there are questions and, and answers around that that we can discuss in more detail. Um, but it, so that, that that part can be clearly empowering. If if it was a more involved um, venture where the SAS was funding the acquisition of a of a commercial property asset or sale land, then the returns in that could be extremely attractive because, as we understand, if you buy a piece of land that has no planning consent it does get planning consent and then you develop it, potential value of that can be you know, multiple factors of the original value of the land. And for a, for a SAS pension structure, attracting that kind of return can be very, very attractive. And of course, bear in mind, once that return has been received within the SAS, then the money belongs to you as it belongs to your SAS. And then you can do more of it to lend more back to your own business or to, to do more joint ventures and whatever. But the key, of course, is that all of that return inside the SaaS is free of tax and protected from external risks, such as litigation or liquidation or whatever. So yeah, there's a lot of detail in that, but I could talk about more much, much more time, but um I'll try and keep it a bit brief. <laughs>
0: uh, no, cool. Awesome. Awesome. So in in effect, you know, just going back to just going back to the fact that you can use your SAS to loan. So not only can you become your own financier, but you can also finance other people's activities and ventures, thereby yeah. effectively becoming a bank yourself, right?
2: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you become yeah, the, the, the means of lending to your own and other businesses. And, and that's actually quite a, in particular for yourself, your own business. In fact, that, that is you know, a, a powerful uh, mechanism to think about that. Because if you were traditionally going to talk to a bank or you know, a, a funding provider, a finance house, to attract 50 grand into your business... That process can be cumbersome as we all know because it will take you know huge amounts of information to the bank and diligence and that's all very normal and nothing wrong with that but that, that can be a lot of time and effort and resource going into, into that process whereas if you're looking to do that with your SAS, then really what you're doing is having a conversation with yourself about whether you think that's a good idea or not and if and <laughs> in 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 what return you're going to charge and what term it's going to be over um, and and that seems like a strange thing to say but that really is what you're doing if you're if you believe as a pension holder and a business owner that you want to put the two of them together to collaborate by way of a loan then that that is entirely down to you and um, what i would say is though it's this is common sense in the kind of boring bit of this that if your business is in trouble i wouldn't be using a loan from your pension to try and help it out if, if it's really in trouble if it's a short-term thing and there's maybe a seasonal dip or right now when obviously things are you know, strange for all business owners. Um, and as long as you have a clear plan to use it and you can see it working, then then that's fine. But if it's if it's just meant as a kind of a float you know, to cover a bad situation, it's that's maybe not the best thing you can do with it. And um, because you then be risking your business and your pension scheme all at the same time, and that's not really what the whole point of this is about. Um, but but you, you'll know that yourself as a business owner if it's the right thing to do or not because you have all control of all parts of it.
0: Awesome. Awesome. A couple more questions. uh, And then I guess we can um, let you get on with your day. So I, I think one, one question that we see quite often or we get quite often when it comes to SaaS is, is you know, can I use a SAS to purchase like exotic investments like maybe watches and yachts yeah. and <laughs> old, you know, um, antique cars and uh yeah. What's can 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 we can we do that with a SAS?
2: Short answer is the SaaS cannot do that itself. So that the pension scheme cannot own those assets. However, because of the flexibility of the SaaS, you could loan the money to your company for your company to acquire that asset. So, indirectly, yes, indirectly, no. Mm-hmm. And so, so that that can be, you know, and I <laughs> the more the more people I speak to, you know, I hear conversations about watches and you know antiques and art and all sorts of things. That that has never been, you know, something I've ever engaged in anyone's conversation indirectly into SAS, but. If, if people understand you know how that might work for them or how they can create value from that then then yes the sas can fund that your business to acquire whatever asset is deemed appropriate for your business to acquire and if you think that you know as a positive return or you can see an opportunity then that, that's your decision um so yeah so it indirectly um it, it can do that there, I mean, yes but not not directly. Whereas, and, and people might think that's a negative, but in reality, it's a massive positive because there is no other pension that would allow you to get anywhere near to that process. Exactly. And, and just actually touching on that point is extending that thinking a little bit further. So regardless of the asset that you're going to use the, the, the loan money for, so if you borrow money from your pension scheme into your business, whatever you do with that is your decision, as I keep saying. But a really important factor to understand here is Whatever you did with that and whatever value that makes, so say you borrowed fifty grand from your pension scheme into your company and that made you, let's say, £10,000 of profit because because of whatever you did with it. That profit, importantly, belongs to your business, not the SaaS. Now, that is a big point here because really what you've done there is used, albeit a loan, which you could have done from any source to generate value within your business, but in this case, that's come from your the loans come from your own pension structure, which has allowed you to generate that extra profit. The, the SAS will get its money back plus a bit of interest, obviously, but the net gain that you've made there does belong to you. And that, that's a really, really powerful tool because you essentially leveraged value from indirectly, albeit from from your pension structure, and you just cannot do that any other way legitimately.
1: Mm. And,
2: and and that is important. Also, though, to understand that if that ten thousand pounds profit wasn't needed, or you didn't, you know, expect it, or you hadn't planned for it, essentially, you don't want to use it in the business, then you have the ability, also, if you wish, to contribute that back into the SaaS, and upon which the business will pay no tax if you do that. So, all sorts of opportunities and flexibility in there. So, um, and again, <laughs> these decisions are all yours. For some people, this will seem like a black art or something that they've never heard of before <laughs> and, and don't know what it is. Um, you know and like what does that mean <laughs> and I get that because if, if you've never heard of it you don't know about it and it, it, a lot of us assume if it's something we haven't heard of something that can't be right which is obviously not the case because we can't all know everything mm-hmm. um, but it's you know it's not it's not difficult um, we have the expertise to help you use it and, and I'm happy to explain this in more detail to anybody uh, and get into the, you know, the kind of real depths of it. One thing I've not actually mentioned guys I'm just coming to mind as I'm thinking about it um, is is It's an important factor is that SAS also has the capacity to allow a business to contribute much, much more than they think they might be able to put into it. Because there is this notion, and it's not wrong because it it is correct for personal pensions, but there's a notion that the maximum you can put into a pension each year is £40,000. And that is the case if you're contributing to a personal pension. But bear in mind, of course, that SAS is not a personal pension. It's an occupational pension which means that the limit is far, far higher. And typically that figure would be around and about half a million pounds a year. So if your business is making profit of anything more than 40,000 pounds and you'd like to manage how to use that money, then if you put anything, any value from your business into the SaaS, you will pay more corporation tax on that amount of money that you put into it. And for some business owners, that is massively attractive. And then of course, the money, sorry, Tammy, but then, of course, the money will be in your SaaS and able to be used in all the ways I've just described in the last half an hour. Mm.
0: I think uh, a few light bulbs would have uh, just gone off in, in people's heads, maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, and so you're then creating a, a circle of wealth, right? Because you're yep. generating profits which you're able to then move back into your SaaS and then you're able to draw those effectively the profits back from your SaaS into your business. You do whatever you do again, whatever yeah. profits you get, you put it back into the SaaS and then you just, and you create that perpetual circle of, of wealth.
2: Yeah, I, I, absolutely. If that's what you choose to do, then that, that's how that can function. You don't have to do any of that, of course. But, you know, if if you choose to do that that way, then that, that does work. And it's kind of like a, almost like a figure of eight, as you're seeing. Like the money comes out of the company into the, into the sorry, out the company to the SaaS, out the SaaS, back to the company, it kind of just keeps recirculating, if that's what you choose to do. Mm. Um, and that that can be um, really powerful. Of course, the caveat around all of that is that, you know, that assumes that you do know what you're doing inside your business.
1: What?
2: And, you know, I'm assuming most of us do, <laughs> because that's why we do it. Um, so, so yeah, it means some really powerful tools in there.
1: Okay. I've got a question, and I think if no, you remember the other day, we had a a chat with some people doctors, and we we're talking about SAS, And I think someone asked a question around: Can you invest your? Can you invest in a, um, overseas right? I think that was the question. Can you invest your SAS in an overseas an um, asset?
2: Yeah, yeah, you can. And um, so I'm, I'm assuming by that you mean. Uh, Property overseas,
1: Bimdi, or well, I think there were a couple of questions. One was property overseas, and I think there's another one. Can you invest? A, a in business
0: a... venture in a business venture in like business overseas, venture.
1: yeah.
0: Like, yeah. um, I think a precious metals uh, yeah. business venture. It was. Or,
1: or probably, if you can just tell us what what can't you invest your SaaS into? Okay, um, that's
2: quite an easier question. in yeah, to some extent, just... so the the uh, s- SaaS as all UK pensions cannot directly purchase residential property. So that's that's one thing. And as, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, you can't directly purchase watches, art, fine wine, classic cars, all the things that, you know, actual things that you could have and move. Um, you can't own them directly in your SaaS, but you can do all those things inside your business that's been funded by the SaaS. So taking that example further um, to overseas assets, overseas, doesn't really make any difference to that because it's it's still an asset that the pension could acquire. Um, but importantly, if if the SAS or if you're looking at acquiring say land or commercial property, then a SAS can do that in an overseas location as long as you know the same rules can be followed in terms of valuation and um, title and everything else. Then it, it can do that. But it also can still lend to your business for the business to do that, or it can lend directly to a third party business for it to do that and um, so as a, as a range of options it really depends what part you're looking to play in the investment or you know what which you, where you are in that process um, but there'll usually be a solution to that you know one way or another um again some specific circumstances will determine exactly what can be done there but yeah so the answer to that question is generally yes but specifically we need to know the details
0: excellent so this is my final question for you to help mm. our listeners one of the things that i also like about the sas is the fact that it helps with legacy preservation mm-hmm. paul am i right in saying that when when we take our annuity uh, so if if we were to take if we were to go down the traditional route of having a pension and then at whatever age we retire we take the annuity and we cash that pension in. If anything was to happen to us as individuals, first of all, the 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 value of that pension is pretty much effectively lost. Is, is that correct?
2: And um, in, in some cases, that's potentially the case. Yes. So the the kind of traditional um, way of of drawing value from a pension can can involve those risks, Tommy. Yes, where you, you therefore by having an annuity have essentially really bought an insurance contract. It's not quite like that, but that's kind of the best way to look at it. And therefore, the, the, the kind of capital value of that has been exchanged to buy an income, really, um, over, the, over the long term. And it may or may not be the case that that income has been allowed to be passed on to a, a financial dependent, usually a spouse or a partner or a child, but it may not. Um, and in the cases where it wasn't, and even in the cases where it was, the value will never be a capital value, it will just be an income value, and it may be for a certain period of time after the death of the of the person that had it. So in those instances, that would be about guaranteeing an income, uh, but essentially the capital value has been used to do that. And whereas with a SAS, you could do that if you wanted to, of course, as well, but important with the SAS is because it's a, a group structure or allows a group structure up to 11 people, then. It facilitates the passing of value from one to another very, very easily. So, if you imagine that the SAS was a, you know, a, a dining room table for eleven people at it, if you know, if all the food's on the table and I've and I have personally left the table, all the food's still there. It just means it's a, it's a really bad example, and um, but it, it just means that those of us that remain or those who remain are still able to use the value of of what sh- what remains on the table, if you like. Sure. So. In other words, if, if I decide to leave what I've had to someone else at that table or to everyone else there, then they will get that value immediately because it's already there and it won't be subject to any tax. So it really is a great tool to, to, to allow us to cascade wealth to, to our families or whoever um, over the long term. That, that will continue you know, as long as you want it to continue. Um, but yes, there are, there is there is. There is also no compulsion to have an annuity, as you mentioned before, so that's another part of it. Um, but, but when we do cascade wealth, it will pass directly to those people, no need for probate or you know, waiting around or paying inheritance tax, it will pass straight to them in the pension structure without any delay or tax, uh, yeah. which in the context of what we're all trying to achieve, which is to build a business to generate value and income for us all now and long term for the families, that, that is a powerful tool as well as everything else. Um, that the SAS can allow you to do. I think what's strange with SAS, and I hear this again often, is people say to me, "It sounds too good to be true." And, and I get that because you haven't heard about it before, and it, you know, it's all new, it's all shiny, it's all quite cool. And the kind of weird thing is that because there's so many things you can do with it, it seems like there's just too many things you can do with it, and they all seem good because any one of those things about you know passing wealth on would be a reason to have an ass to have a, a SaaS. The ability to put an asset into a trust would be a reason, the ability to put huge amounts of capital, cash from your business into it would be another reason, the loan to yourself would be a reason, and, and so on and so on. There's so many that it sounds like it's almost like a you know a fairy tale <laughs> of good news, uh, and it, you know it is good news uh, for sure. If you can, you know if you feel it works well for you, um, and it, it, it will. Um, but I think the key there just to kind of close the, sort of the myths off a little bit is SaaS has been around for forty odd years. Yeah. SAS is governed primarily by HMRC, and HMRC approve each individual SAS application. And importantly, there, a SAS is an individual entity, and it belongs to you, and it's a trust. So, a few kind of technical points in there, but the, the real thing is that it's a, a well tried, well tested, and, and well governed process to help you use value much more efficiently, potentially in your business and in your pension together. And
0: that's really what it's all about. Amazing. Amazing. I mean, it's taken me a few podcasts, a few books, a few conversations <laughs> in order to to yeah. understand it. So, I yeah, I completely uh, echo the sentiments that this might all seem new. This might all seem like you know uh too good to be true but it it certainly is true and i think just the 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 last part on legacy preservation is so so important i, I don't know if you know i don't know how many people know that upon death anything that's within your personal estate is taxed at 40% um or forty a
1: good all inheritance tax. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: so anything left in your estate is uh, whoever whoever it's passed on to is automatically going to receive that tax bill. Um and you know a uh, SAS is a great way to preserve that legacy and preserve all of the hard work that you've put into generating the wealth that you want to generate and be able to pass that on to your family members or Whoever is within that group structure that, that you've created.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think important to understand that in this process here, we're we're, we're talking general themes of SAS. We're not talking about anyone specific circumstances because that will require a I'll you know, look at that in detail. Yeah. Um and you know, and, and these are all ideas and you know principles of SAS, we're talking about in general terms. It'd be good to engage if, you know, if anyone has any queries or questions or However, I'm sure we can engage directly to, to address those specifically in, in in view of their own direct circumstances. Um, it's also important to understand that I mentioned that a SAS, just to close it off as well, a SAS is not um, the same as a SIP, for example, a SIP is a, a, as a personal pension regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority. A SAS is not regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority because it's regulated by the pension regulator which is the regulator that governs all occupational pension schemes for all UK employers. Um, so it is regulated, it's just in a different fashion. Um, and the guidance that a listener here will be getting will be to them as a business owner, as opposed to them as an individual. And there is a difference there. Um, so essentially, we're discussing SAS with someone. We're, we're really discussing it with them as the owner of that business. So the guidance that we give is to the business, not to the individual, because it's a corporate structure. Yeah, um, you know, that's the boring stuff, uh, but, but it's just uh, <laughs> it's important. important. Just un- yeah, exactly. Just understand it. So, anyway, all good guys. So um, awesome, I'm happy awesome. to take any more if you have any more. But
0: uh... yeah, now I was just gonna say as a final remark, and um, even even I realised the other day, and I can't remember what conversation I was having. It might have been with you actually, Paul, to be yeah. honest. But um, I realised the other day that as well. When you're working and you are paying into a, a an employee pension, that's also governed that 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 the pension you're paying into is also governed by trust. So, yeah, yeah that, so
2: you're right. So, uh, yeah, if, if you work for any you know, large employer um, with an employer pension scheme, then that that is the same structure and the same regulatory structure as this. And um, so, it's not it's not new or untested. In fact, there'll be probably far far more of us. Um, regulated by the pensions regulator, with an own pension, and we just didn't know it.
0: Yeah, and um, because it's
2: part of a you know a corporate structure, and, and sas is the same. So it's not it's not unregulated.
0: It just has a different regulator. Amazing, amazing. Ah, uh, thank you so much, Paul. This has thank been amazing. Um, <laughs> if anyone wants <laughs> to get you. in touch with you, Paul, we'll put it in the show notes. But do you want to just verbally say how someone can get in touch with you?
2: Yeah, so um it, probably the easiest way actually is to go uh straight to my website uh, or indeed on LinkedIn. Um the website um I'll just spell out is obviously www.ssas as in small server master scheme. So ssas hyphen consultant dot uk. So sas hyphen dot uk.
0: Excellent. And remember to let him know that you heard about him from propcast, the podcast. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so we can trace people you know where they come from <laughs> exactly yeah, so. now um, Bim, uh, Bim I don't know if you have any more questions before we say thank you to Paul and let him go
1: I have a lot of questions but I think that <laughs> like said, it, it, takes, it takes at least three four conversations around this to fully get it so yeah. I have quite a few questions that I will touch with Paul offline but well, other than that but thank you so much Paul um, it's been really good thanks for your time and, and you know what I, I I love about, well, the good thing and the not so good thing about anything financial is there's so much opportunities out there, which is the good thing for business, especially for businesses, uh, which of which the SAS is one of them. The not so good thing is that information isn't readily available. You just need to know, you need to be speaking to the right people, you need to be financially educated, you need to be engaged with the professionals to be able to tap into this because most people most business owners don't even know this stuff but until you've actually spoken to a professional would you then realize that actually there's so many opportunities so many ways of making money keeping your wealth uh creating a legacy as you kind of talked about so yeah it's it's quite it's quite amazing thank you so much for
2: that i think i just on closing that point so i think think that's a really really good point i think in the uk and particularly well that's all I know today I'm from the UK but if if you think back our financial education is well virtually nothing uh, you know we're not really educated at all in finances or um, on you know on business or um pensions or investments we just don't have the education and what we do pick up is is really just hearsay and other mm-hmm. people's habits uh, and i think you're right Bim, that you know that there's almost a world of information there that you've never heard of before. Um, and it can be frustrating because it's, you know, this, this for example, has been around for 40 odd years. It's not new. Most people have never heard of it, uh, which is kind of a bit strange. But that's, I guess, it's just a, it's just how we're educated in this country. It's maybe not the best in that context. So I think you're right. A lot of information, a lot of opportunity. And I'm happy to help put those bits together for people and try and uh, fill in
0: some of the puzzle. Awesome. Excellent. Thank you, so Paul. Thank you once again, and um, I'm sure we'll be inviting you back soon for another conversation on uh, on on SaaS. So hopefully you'll accept our invite when we do. I will indeed. Delighted, <laughs> yeah. guys. It's been great. It's been great
2: talking to you this morning. Thanks for right. so Thanks,
0: Paul. All right. All take care. Cheers. Right. So, Bim, that was our guest speaker. Wow, what, what a great session!
1: So much information out there. I think I, I definitely need to hear this again to fully grasp it because I don't think I have. I'm actually there. But no, it's but what you don't know, you don't, know. You, like don't, know, you you don't can't, know. you can't Google what you don't know.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: One of those examples you cannot Google what you don't know. Exactly. Okay, that, that was great. Exactly
0: so um, to our listeners once again we hope you have enjoyed that session. If you do want any more information there will be a link in the show notes we'll put so you can um, fill out a form and we'll get you in contact with Paul and uh, again if you've enjoyed it, if you found it useful, do share with others. Uh, the more we the more we can educate ourselves about the art of the possible, the the better, you know, the better we can all do together. So we hope you've enjoyed it. Do share, uh, do share this podcast with a friend. And uh we'll see you next time. Ciao for now.
1: Ciao. Bye guys.
0: Ciao ciao.